Welcome to another episode of Vital Moments in Naturopathic Medicine. I'm your host, Beth Hendry Yim, and I'm here once again with naturopathic physician John Yim. Good morning, Beth. We talked a little bit about magnesium a few episodes ago and got quite a response from our listeners. You're very enthusiastic about this interesting mineral, and I think our listeners picked up on that. Why do you feel magnesium is crucial for our health? Well, Beth and listeners, I, I've done a lot of research on the area of nutrition. And one of the minerals that um, is found in every cell of the body and is required for anywhere from uh, estimates of between 300 to 600 different reactions in the body. That's how important magnesium is. It's used for many, many things. But therapeutically, I've used magnesium for everything from migraines, asthma, depression, uh, sluggish bowels. Um, there's so many different uses for magnesium, energy levels, uh, muscle spasms, and muscle weakness. And um, what I found over the years is it's a very common mineral for people to be deficient in. So I feel it's a very important mineral for people's health. Today, I want to talk about the different forms of magnesium. I want to go deeper into that, their benefits, and what form you think is best for our listeners to use. And first, why are there so many forms of magnesium? Well, Beth, that's an interesting question. You know, that's like asking, why does a carpenter have so many different tools? There are different forms of magnesium because they all have slightly different functions. So just like carpenters' tools do different things, the different forms of magnesium do slightly different things in the body. So um, probably the most common form that we're likely to see in the health food store and for naturopathic doctors to use is the citrate form of magnesium. So can I just ask a question? You say citrate and there's these different forms. Why are there different forms? Like I'm not understanding where the different like citrate and theonate and all those yeah. different ones come from. So you have to understand that minerals are very difficult to absorb by the lining of the gut by themselves. So for example, um, even with iron, you know, we never see the word iron on a product. It's usually iron sulfate or iron gluconate or iron glycate. And it's the same with magnesium. You'll see magnesium citrate, threonate, malate. And so minerals are bound to different molecules, whether it's amino acids or different substances um, like acids in order to help with the absorption of those minerals across the lining of the gut into the bloodstream. If they're not bound up to something that's well absorbed, they'll just pass through the digestive tract and basically you're creating expensive stool. <laughs> that's a good one. Okay, so back to the different forms. I just wanted to clear that up. Right, so when you hear magnesium citrate, it's magnesium bound to the molecule citric acid. And where do we find citric acid? Uh, I guess in fruit? Yeah, citrus fruit. So the, the citrate form of magnesium is one of the most bioavailable, meaning readily absorbed into the body. So that's why it's, it's uh, so popularly used, because we want a form that's easily absorbed. And so all the different benefits of magnesium, whether it's for muscle relaxation, for calming the nervous system, etc., magnesium citrate is very good for that. Now, the one downside of magnesium citrate 
is that in some people that are sensitive, it can loosen the bowel. It's not the magnesium that I would use specifically if I was using it as a laxative, but um, it does have that quality to it. So some people have to be very careful if they already have loose bowels. So the, the farm that has been, um, I guess, developed to counter that is in the health food store, you would see magnesium bisglycinate or naturopaths use magnesium glycinate and they're very similar. So the glycinate form of magnesium was developed so it has the least irritating effect on the lining of the bowel. So for many people that are sensitive to magnesium citrate, usually they can tolerate magnesium glycinate quite well. The plus side of the magnesium that's bound to glycine, the amino acid glycine, is that we know that magnesium has a calming effect on the nervous system. Well, the amino acid glycine also has a relaxing effect on the nervous system. So you get a double whammy. Exactly. So in people that have things like anxiety, depression, insomnia, uh, nervousness, hyperactivity, the magnesium bisglycinate would not only be easy on the bowels, but very good for those kinds of conditions. Another form of magnesium that um, I use very commonly is magnesium malate. Malic acid bound to magnesium is very good for the muscles. And we, we um, commonly use it in things like fibromyalgia when people have muscle pain, muscle weakness, you know, the trigger points. And mag- malate is, uh, or malic acid is actually a very crucial ingredient in the uh, Krebs cycle in the production of something called adenosine triphosphate, which is what the muscles use for energy. So if we're using the magnesium malate, we help the muscles make more energy so that they can do their function more efficiently. Um, One of the forms of magnesium using more and more these days is the 3 and 8 form. And the 3 and 8 seems to have a really good effect and uh, very efficient at crossing the blood-brain barrier. Now, the blood-brain barrier is... um, is a, layer, is a single layer of cells that are, are very tightly bound together so that very few things can cross that barrier into the brain because we don't want, you know, things that inadvertently getting into the brain that shouldn't, things like toxins and, you know. So um, 3 and 8 was developed because it can cross the blood-brain very, very, very well. So when it comes to things like um, age-related memory loss, uh, cognitive problems, dementia, uh, things to do with the brain function. We like to use um, the 3 and 8 form. Cardiovascular disease is another th- reason, and, and blood pressure, that we use magnesium. And for blood pressure, the, the magnesium torate is the form I like to use. So it's magnesium um, bound to, to the amino acid torate. And that form helps lower blood pressure. And the orotate form is also very good for cardiovascular conditions. And it's very good for increasing energy, especially in the heart and the blood vessels. So athletes really like this form of of, uh, magnesium, the orotate form. And especially if there's any problem with uh, cardiac weakness uh, or beginnings of, of congestive heart failure, the magnesium orotate can be very, very helpful for that. Now, some people might... uh, um, remember magnesium sulfate or 
what is what Beth? What is the more common name for magnesium sulfate? Do you know? Mm-mm. Epsom salt. No way. Yes. Okay. So many, many Does it people. Does like sulfur? Uh, no, it doesn't because you know we put it in our bath, right? Yeah. Yeah. So over the years, you know, many of our our listeners have probably used Epsom salts in their bath. So they wouldn't take it orally, but I'm saying, you know, forms that people are likely to see. You know, anytime you go to the drugstore and you buy Epsom salt for for soaking, you're using magnesium sulfate. And that's why it has a relaxing effect on the muscles. It's not just the hot bath. The Epsom salt with the magnesium, you actually absorb some of that magnesium through the skin. And it has a calming effect on the muscles and the nerves. And that's why an Epsom salt soak is so relaxing. Now... A chloride and the sulfate forms are, are both common in lotions and potions and peop- things that we use on the skin. You know, sometimes people are using magnesium oil now, and that's usually a, a chloride form of magnesium. What's that used for? So again, sore muscles. So the, mm. the magnesium oil is used topically. So we're rubbing it right over the muscles that are sore. And rather than taking it orally and having the magnesium work its way through the body to the sore muscles... We can apply that magnesium chloride in the oil form directly onto the muscle that's, that's achy. Which is more effective? Which would you suggest for a patient? Well, I think using both because when you take it orally, you know, you're getting it systemically through the body and it will get delivered. But, you know, if you have an acute sore muscle from, you know, overworking in the garden, then just applying the magnesium oil directly to that sore muscle, I think is really effective. So what are the forms of magnesium? I think I covered most of the ones that, that I use and, and what they're used for. So which forms do you usually recommend for your patients? I think I'm going to answer this question like a politician, Beth, because it really depends on what you're using the magnesium for. So I need to see the patient. And first of all, I want to know whether that patient is low in magnesium because that will determine the dose that I need to use. How do you think, how do you find that out? Uh, the best way is not necessarily a blood test. The challenge with blood testing for magnesium is that most of the magnesium in your body is not found in the blood. It's found in the tissues. So as, as far as blood testing goes, the best blood t- test is testing the red blood cell magnesium levels. And I have never, ever in 26 years had anybody bring in their blood results for red blood cell magnesium. So the best test that I use is a hair mineral analysis because hair is growing tissue. And so the level of magnesium in your hair is a reflection of your tissue levels of magnesium. And, you know, in today's world, people are worried about osteoporosis, so they're always concerned about calcium. Well, I have to tell you, Beth, that when I do hair analysis, magnesium is way more commonly deficient than calcium. I remember reading, I don't know, about 20 years ago, uh, a study done on in the United States on minerals that were uh, the most um, deficient in people. And magnesium was number one, the number one mineral that yeah. people were deficient yeah. in. And a big, big part of that is because our soils are becoming depleted in magnesium. So if it's not in the soil... Then when we eat produce, then even if they look like they're, you know, healthy and, and luscious, if it's not in the soil, then the magnesium's not in the produce neither. Now that begs the question. I know you're you're going to be talking about the hair mineral analysis, but it begs the question, how much 
magnesium do you take? Exactly. So again, if we look at the hair analysis, we get an idea of current levels, and that can determine how much people take. Because in general, you know, I tell patients, you know, around 200 to 500 milligrams of magnesium, depending on your need and your symptoms. So the form of magnesium, again, can depend on what that patient presents with. So obviously, if I have a patient with constipation, and I want to help their bowels, I would use the oxide form. I didn't mention that form, but that's commonly found in, in health food stores when people are looking for natural laxatives that aren't like Senna or, or um, Cascara. The magnesium oxide, the benefit of that is that it's not absorbed very well. It stays in the gut, but it draws water into the bowel and it relaxes the muscles of the colon. And that's how it induces you know regularity. Now, I remember that, oh, I don't know, 10 years ago when I first looked in, was looking into osteoporosis because I have a family history. And I was reading a lot about the importance of the balance between calcium and magnesium. And I, I'm, do we need to be concerned about that? I, you know, in, in today's world, again, when so much emphasis is on osteoporosis, because, you know, our population is aging, and there's so much worry about getting enough calcium, the challenge is, is that we, we um, there's less emphasis on magnesium. And believe it or not, you know, like we were saying earlier, there's way more concern about magnesium deficiency than calcium deficiency. So oftentimes, when people take calcium, um, many products come along with magnesium. Yeah, but, it's usually two to one, right? Yeah, usually two parts calcium, one part magnesium. You know, my feeling is that we need way more magnesium than we need calcium. And, you know, I have patients coming in that are taking calcium products that are calcium alone, and there's not a hint of magnesium in their supplement regime. And that worries me a lot because, you know, we need magnesium to help keep calcium in solution in the bloodstream. And in people that are taking just straight calcium alone, their risk of developing things like kidney stones or that calcium depositing in the joints or creating bone spurs or ending up in the arteries is way higher than if they're taking along with magnesium, which keeps it in solution. Then that brings in you know vitamin K as well, because vitamin K helps direct that calcium in the blood into the bones and into the teeth. So back to this balance thing, you know, I don't even take calcium anymore. You know, I get it from my foods and I supplement magnesium because like I said, um, with the hair analysis that I've done in the past, I've found that my calcium was fine. It was my magnesium that was low. So that tells me I was getting enough in my diet of calcium, but not enough of magnesium. With the hair mineral analysis, do you ever see somebody low in magnesium? Often. That's, that's, I would say that of all the different nutrients that are tested by that hair analysis, across the board, magnesium is the most frequent that I've seen. You know, zinc, selenium, there are other ones as well. But percentage-wise, you know, um, it's amazing how many people are low in zinc or, and magnesium. That's concerning, Very. especially as we get older. Yes, and when we talk about how many benefits and, and how many different biochemical reactions that um, require magnesium, it's, um, it is, as far as health goes, it, it is kind of frightening. So it, it is really kind of like 
magnesium magic. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. You know, just one condition alone. You know, we're seeing so many um, more kids with uh, depression and oh, anxiety. Yeah. And yeah, things are changing in our society and there's more stress and whatnot. But maybe, just maybe, could it be a deficient in magnesium that's contributing to this as well? So it might be worth seeing a naturopath and getting a hair <laughs> mineral analysis done. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I know that. Um, you have created, you're so excited about magnesium, <laughs> you ended up sourcing and creating your own product. So tell me about it. Okay. So again, the reason I created this product called Magnesium Blend is that I'm the kind of guy that goes to the restaurant and looks at a menu and says, well, there's just too many good things to order. I don't know what to choose. And sometimes it's like that with magnesium. I know they all have different benefits. And in my practice, if a patient needs a type of magnesium for a specific condition, I may suggest that. But what I've I've decided to do is create a product that has many different types of magnesium together in one. The one that I've created has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So seven of the most important forms of magnesium. And it has 70 milligrams of elemental magnesium of each different forms. Okay, I want you to uh, go into a lot more detail about this elemental stuff, because you were talking to me the other day about how one form I was taking gets so much into my system, whereas another form gets so much more, and you talked about elemental, and it just went totally over my head. So can you explain that? Okay, so when you um, get a product, let's say magnesium citrate or magnesium glycinate or bisglycinate. If you see on the label, uh, let's say 200 milligrams of magnesium citrate or 200 milligrams of magnesium bisglycinate. What that means is that there's 200 milligrams per capsule, there's 200 milligrams of magnesium and citrate or magnesium and glycinate bound together. Elemental magnesium is per capsule, how much actual magnesium, how much of the mineral magnesium are you actually getting? So some products will actually list elemental. And just as a rule of thumb, when you're using a citrate or a a bisglycinate product, it's anywhere between 12 to 16% is actually magnesium. So That's not very much. No, it's not. But it shows that, you know, depending on, on, you know, the need of the person, um, that amount may be enough. So here's an example. I take a 500 milligram capsule of magnesium citrate, right? So if 12% of that is actual magnesium, that means per capsule, I'm getting a 60 milligrams. And yet, if I'm getting muscle cramps, one of my magnesiums a day keeps my cramps away. I, so it doesn't mean that we need a ton of it. It's just that when people say that, oh, I'm taking 200 milligrams of magnesium citrate, and, and they say, well, I, I'm scared to take more, they're thinking that they're getting 200 milligrams of elemental magnesium, and they're just not, right? They're actually getting like 24 milligrams in 200 milligrams of magnesium citrate. So the highest elemental is in things like oxide it's like 40 percent but the thing is you don't absorb it very well are you then taking your product as well 
No, it's not as well. I'm only taking my product now. Because you mentioned the magnesium citrate that you were taking. Yes. Is that why you're sw- you switched over? Exactly. Because I'm getting so much more elemental than I was before. Now, the convenience of my other product is it capsule. The convenience of this new product, it's powder. So each individual can start with a low dose and work up to find their bowel tolerance because it's not straight glycinate or bisglycinate. So it can be a little bit more, you know, um, loosening of the bowels. So, for example, you know, I can take a teaspoon, no problem. Yeah, and I'm and yet, taking a quarter. <laughs> and Beth has found that for her, you know, bowel function, a quarter is all she can handle. What else I found, and this is a, a personal share, is that I get um, heart uh, thingies. Uh, they Palpitations, skip. No, skips. they're not. They're skips. Arrhythmias. Uh, there's flutters. not arrhythmia. Stop. <laughs> I'm telling you what it is. It's where my heart skips a beat. And uh, what I found is that the your product tones that down. Like, I don't get them exactly. when I take the product. Yeah. Now, I did have to experiment, though, with the dose. Because I started with <laughs> a teaspoon, because that's what you were taking. And I realized very quickly that that probably was not the right amount for me. So I went down to half teaspoon and then I went to a quarter. I should have started at the quarter and worked up. But, you know, quesera, <laughs> Yeah. And on the label, you'll see that there's seven different forms of, of magnesium and 70 milligrams of elemental magnesium of all those different forms. The other thing I've added in there is a little bit of... of of paradoxal 6-phosphate. And what that is, it's the activated form of B6. The reason I added that in is that um, we need magnesium and B6 to make a neurotransmitter called... Serotonin? Exactly. No way. Exactly. You really thought this out. I didn't realize that was in there. So not only does magnesium calm you down, but because the, the B6 and the magnesium together help with serotonin production, it helps us feel more calm and balanced. And, and Oh, so you did that for me, didn't you? <laughs> you want me calmer? <laughs> so it's, and like I say, I did it in a powder form so people could, could experiment with the dose. And uh, it's a berry flavored, and I am very adverse to bad taste. And I put this in my protein drink, and it, and it tastes it, absolutely fine. Yeah, it tastes nice. Yes, I'm very... Bad taste adverse. So it's got to taste good for me to take it. And if I can take it, I know my patients will be able to take it. Now, I know we have three different sizes. And uh, can anybody just come come off the street and buy it? Or do you have to be a patient? Is it is it the type of product that a person needs to have um, a prescription from you for it? No, not with magnesium. Magnesium is extremely safe. You know, I, I, I there are products that are available in our dispensary that are only available to our patients because they need to be monitored by a physician. But magnesium is one of those products that anybody can take. The challenge is is dosing. I think as a patient, having done the hair and mineral analysis will give you a better idea of how much you need to mm-hmm. take, right? Even if you tolerate it fine, you may need to take more or you could need uh, less to be absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. So as a patient, especially as a patient that's done the hair mineral analysis, then dosing it more accurately is is helpful. It's been very informative and maybe a little bit, you know, 
TBI, too much information. Oh, no, it's not TBI. It's too, TMI, <laughs> too much information. But um, yeah, this has been very informative. And if anybody is interested, I will put some more information on the show notes about the different forms and what they are used for. And also some links to uh, our website for more um, information on magnesium. And if you are interested in getting this product, then feel free to call the office and um, find out how to do that. And remember, start low and work up. (laughs) (laughs) Or better yet, just come and see you. (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) All right. Thanks, John. You're welcome. Bye.